It's time for the Mr. Wonderful Show. Here's your host, Mr. Wonderful. And welcome in to another episode of the Mr. Wonderful Show. So happy you could join the program on this Wednesday, November 3rd, the day of this recording. Got a lot of entertainment news and things of note to talk about. But want to start things off and say, hopefully things going well in your neck of the woods. I know my neck of the woods, things have been a little hectic. Things got super crazy. In fact, I wasn't able to go see the Halloween movie I was hoping to see, which was last night in Soho. Even though I know I've heard not so much a scary movie, but still the psychological thriller from a director I love. Was hoping to go see that on Halloween. Just a lot of real life things got in the way over this past weekend, so didn't get to see anything new. Uh, But hopefully you got out to see Last Night in Soho. Hopefully you've seen Dune at this point. I know it was the number one movie, again, in America, rightfully so, probably, I guess. I don't know. I still haven't seen Dune either. Because the goal was to see Dune, Last Night in Soho, and maybe Antlers before the Eternals open this weekend. But uh, again, real life sometimes gets in the way. So. Some people know what happened. I, I won't go into it. It's not my story to share, but just a little thing happened uh, with the girlfriend. So it was a little bit of a hectic weekend. Uh, so, you know, personal stuff going on there. But I did finish off some Halloween watches. Rewatched Halloween Kills, actually. That was one of the things I watched over this past week. And gotta say, I think I like it more the second time around than I did the first time. Still not better than Halloween 2018. Still not good, but... Uh, it's still a fun movie, still gets the job done, it is just a good time, and honestly, seeing it the second time, I picked up on a little more of kind of what they were doing and what they were going for it, and I give the film a lot of credit for that again, so yeah, and enjoyed my second rewatch of Halloween Kills, watched the thriller movie slash music video, which I always try to do leading up to Halloween, I actually watched that on Halloween night when the lights went down. Finally watched The Thing, which that is just a movie that, man, that movie is so damn good, The Thing. So good. Uh, Watched Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, introduced the girlfriend to that, and she totally found Tom Atkins to be super sexy, which made me happy because, well, let's face it, Tom Atkins is an awesome actor. He's incredible in The Fog, incredible in Escape from New York with his Quick little sequences in that. Halloween 3, of course. Night of the Creeps, which another one I rewatched as well. I did a little Tom Atkins thing with Night of the Creeps and Halloween 3. Uh, but yeah, after the girlfriend mentioned that she thought Tom Atkins was super hot in Halloween 3, I was like, wait till I show you the fog in April. And then she was like, why April? Why can't we watch it now? And I was like, because April's when the movie actually takes place. You know, the whole Antonio Bay thing. So we're going to watch it on the anniversary of what happened on Antonio Bay. Like, come on. There's logic to my madness, babe. Come on. Hey, listen. If I say we're going to watch a horror movie in April, it's because there's a reason for it, all right? Come on. Hey. So, rewatched uh, Night of the Creeps, though. Love that movie. Just a lot of finishing off the Halloween season. Only thing I'll say is that I'm a little upset that this Halloween year, I never got around to watching Sleepy Hollow or any Evil Dead movie. Usually I'll watch one of them, but I did find myself a lot this year. Usually in years past, I'll watch an Evil Dead movie or like an Insidious movie or something like that. This year, I didn't really care to jump into the Insidious stuff. Uh, 
I, I don't know why. I, I did a lot of the supernatural stuff at the beginning, and then towards the end of the Halloween season, as I got closer to the date, I started to find myself not really going, well, I really want to watch Poltergeist or Insidious or anything like that. So uh, I even skipped Hereditary this year in, in the rewatches and stuff like that, which if you really know me, you know that's a big deal because I consider Hereditary to be one of the perfect, just a perfect scary movie and one of the best horror movies to come out uh, in, in recent years. So I skipped that one this year. So a lot of the supernatural stuff I found myself not going to towards the end of Halloween watch, but I, I mean, but I did watch Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight, so I guess, you know, but I consider the Tales from the Crypt stuff to be totally separate from like that of a poltergeist or that of an evil dead or insidious and conjurings and stuff like that. So I, I am a little upset at myself for not watching Sleepy Hollow or an evil dead because again, like, like, like I, like I was just saying, if I watch one film of a franchise, like, Normally, if I had just watched Halloween Kills, I would have been like, yeah, that's cool. I've, I've watched my Halloween movie for the year. I saw my Michael Myers. I don't need to go watch anything else. But instead, I watched the original Halloween on Halloween night. I rewatched Halloween Kills on Halloween Eve. I watched Halloween 3 on Halloween Eve. I watched Halloween 4 and 5 as well. So really, the only Halloween films I did not watch this year was Halloween 2. Halloween 6, 6, 6, The Curse of Michael Myers, starring Paul Rudd. Uh, H2O I didn't watch, and of course I'm not going to watch Halloween Halloween Re- Resurrection. I just, I, no, I cannot watch that movie. Uh, that is, hands down, the worst Halloween film ever made. I will re-watch Halloween 6 again because, yeah, Paul Rudd is going crazy, but at least there's enjoyment in Paul Rudd going crazy, and I can sit there and go, huh. Look at Ant-Man in his first role. How about that? Look at look at him now. Look at him. Who would have thought? Huh? So, you know, usually I watch the one and I'm done, but I did a lot of Halloween films this year, which just meant Sleepy Hollow and Evil Dead ended up getting the boot, but I'll probably just rewatch the Evil Dead. I, and here's the thing, too. When it came to the Evil Dead, I didn't want to watch it, but every time I went to watch one, I couldn't pick which one I wanted to watch. I... Couldn't decide between Evil Dead 2, the original, Army of Darkness, or the reboot, because I love that reboot that they did. I think that's one of the more finer reboots, remakes, rebrandings of a franchise that, that, that's been done. I loved that Evil Dead film from, from just a few years back, and, and truly uh, need to rewatch that one as well, because that, that just takes all three of the original films and rolls it into one jolly good gory time. Uh, but yeah, you know, the Halloween season's over. It doesn't mean, though, that the spooky's done. I'll keep watching horror movies. I know I'm excited to finally, as I mentioned, go see Last Night in Soho when I do. But now that November's here, there are some things that uh, I'm I'm super excited for, actually, movie-wise. My, my most anticipated movie this month is not The Eternals. Oh, no, 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 no. It's... Spooky movie, Ghostbusters Afterlife. So, you know, the spooky stuff continues. Uh, Now's actually the time of the year as well where I might try and introduce my girlfriend to uh, The Nightmare Before Christmas. Because I I think I talked about it on the show when Nightmare Before Christmas was celebrating its anniversary. One of the 
way back Wednesday episodes we did, which we'll bring that back maybe next week, uh, not this week. There's just a lot of stuff to get to this week in news and entertainment uh, and some other things I want to talk about. But yeah, with November here, I'm definitely very excited for Ghostbusters Afterlife uh, and, and that again, you know, this time of the year, I like to watch Nightmare Before Christmas because I don't consider it, I don't consider it a Halloween movie. It's just, it's, it's not, you know, in, in my opinion, it's, it's more of a Christmas because it's done like those old Christmas claymation stories with the singing and the dancing and all that stuff. So yeah, it's themed around Halloween, but it, it to me it's a Christmas movie. But uh, that's not the only thing I'm actually looking forward to. Let's—I wasn't even planned for this, but I do have a list of some things to look forward to in the month of November. Now that we're here, and since I'm on the movies, I mentioned Ghostbusters Afterlife. November nineteenth is when that comes out. But if you have Apple TV Plus or Apple Plus TV, whatever it's being called, the Tom Hanks movie Finch comes out this weekend, so that's something to watch. Uh, another thing I'm very excited for is that is on uh, November 25th, actually. Two streaming services that I do have, Disney Plus, Peter Jackson's Big Beatles Get Back documentary is going to be premiering, but also on Paramount Plus, the first of the many South Park movies, South Park post-COVID, is going to be hitting Paramount Plus. Other things that we have to look forward to in the month of November... Uh, is some some holiday stuff, you know, saving money, burning money, however you want to look at it with the holidays right around the corner. Black Friday is November 26th, Cyber Monday the 29th, Giving Tuesday the 30th. Uh, some other things, though, to look forward to uh, are the holidays. Mentioned, uh, you know, it's Thanksgiving month, so you got Thanksgiving to look forward to. That's the big one, but you also have Veterans Day on the 11th. Mentioned Thanksgiving on the 25th. But some other fun ones. Today is actual National Sandwich Day. So if you're listening to this on Wednesday, November 3rd, the day it dropped, go get yourself a nice little sandwich. I know like Subway's doing buy two, get one free footlongs. So Jimmy John's as well. I'm trying to think of the chain places. Jimmy John's is doing something. Potbelly's doing stuff. So a lot of those chain sandwich places, they will have a deal for you today. Uh, Saturday, get ready. I know Zach listening right now and and Chad and Michelle as well. They're going to perk up on this one. Sa- Saturday is National Nachos Day, baby. So uh, get those nachos going. The 13th is World Kindness Day. The 23rd is National Espresso Day. So just some of the things to look forward to. And uh, oh yeah, I, I skipped TV uh, as well, but this is a big month for fall TV shows coming back. You got that Judge Judy spinoff, Judy Justice that's out. Big Mouth returns to Netflix on Friday. The Dexter New Blood Showtime series is this Sunday. Riverdale returns on the 16th. Tiger King 2, Netflix on the 17th. And of course, that little indie project on Disney Plus uh, from the Marvel folks called Hawkeye. That's going to be hitting that streaming service on November 24th. So that's just some of the things to look forward to uh, in this month. Uh, With that being said, okay, let's move on to the next thing. Uh, Again, before we get into anything entertainment-wise, I want to talk about this because this came across my desk at work, and I don't know how to feel about this. The holidays are coming, and now we have uh, perhaps the most popular toy that your kids are going to be asking for of the 2021 year. It's Neo Gotta Go Turtle. He eats. Uh-oh. 
again. Neo gotta go turtle. Different character. Uh-oh, gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uh-oh, gotta go turtle. And it's not spelled turtle. It's spelled T-U-R-D-L-E. So they're leaning into this. But it's a toy for kids that involves them with playing with poop. And it just doesn't make any sense to me. But here it is. The perfect timing for it. Like, what the fuck, man? Why is this even a thing? Last year, one of the big toys was the Gotta Go Flamingo, which, self-explanatory, Gotta Go Flamingo. But seriously... I don't think I could handle a kid that would want a toy that requires playing with poop or pee. And you didn't see it. Like, I played you the ad, but you didn't even see it. The thing really does poop. Like, it it shows you a big old poop entering the toilet. And it's, I, okay, yeah. I don't know why we're teaching our kids that playing with this stuff is okay, but here we are. Uh, the gotta go turtle for your holiday season all right with that being said let's get into some of the news and notes of the entertainment world gonna uh, run through this right now chris pratt starting things off with him he just signed on to be the voice of mario in a new animated movie not too long ago but he's not done with the cartoon characters because he is now going to be the lead in a new garfield movie no word on the plot chances are garfield will eat lasagna, be annoyed by his owner and the dumb dog, all that good stuff. But hey, that's just a little guess by me that he's going to be eating the lasagna and be annoyed by everything. He's probably going to hate Mondays as well. Now, Garfield has been brought to the big screen twice. He was voiced by Bill Murray both times. So uh, it appears that they're going in the reboot fashion with a new Garfield movie. Now, I did see that the writers of this movie are um, Academy Award, uh, Academy acclaimed winning writers. I, I, I don't want to say award winning I believe that they were nominated, but they've worked on like some Disney stuff and things like that. So it seems like the team behind it is not a bad team, but I didn't know anybody was clamoring for a new Garfield movie. I thought that the Zombieland movies made it pretty clear as well that we took the Garfield movies as a joke. But here we are, Chris Pratt, not done voicing animated characters. In fact, is now Garfield in an upcoming movie. Uh, some other casting notes, Robert Downey Jr. and Matt Damon are going to star in Christopher Nolan's upcoming World War II epic, Oppenheimer, the drama about the development of the atomic bomb. And sources have said that Damon will play one of the lieutenant, lieutenant generals, uh, Leslie Groves, the director of the Manhattan Project that created the atomic bomb, while Downey is going to portray Louis Strauss, the atomic en- energy commissioner who initiated hearings that questioned Oppenheimer's Loyalty to the United States. Uh, Nolan is assembling a star-studded cast. We already know Cillian Murphy is going to be playing Oppenheimer. And Emily Blunt is going to be playing his wife, Catherine Oppenheimer, a physicist who was integral to the Manhattan Project, is known as the father of the atomic bomb. Uh, Though a lot of exact plot details have been kept under wraps, the story is expected to dramatize the creation of the weapon, and Oppenheimer is going to open in theaters July 21st of 2023, which that's some pretty exciting stuff right there for all you Nolan fans. Uh, Simpson fans can get excited. They're actually going to get in on the Disney Plus Day celebration. A new animated short titled The Simpsons in Plusiversary is going to be hitting the streaming service November 12th. It's going to follow a Disney Plus Day party where 
everyone but Homer is invited. So I'm intrigued by that. I've watched some of the shorts that The Simpsons have done. It's it's so weird to see The Simpsons a part of the Disney synergy and all of that stuff. And it still weirds me out that I have to go on Disney Plus to watch Treehouse of Horror episodes and stuff like that. Because I did a lot. I, I did a lot of Treehouse of Horror revisits. The early stuff, folks. I don't think I revisit anything from The Simpsons past season 12, maybe season 13. Because let's be real here. Like, The Simpsons was great from the time it aired up until, I want to say sometime in the early 2000s. The show eventually, like... I don't know. I don't want to say it became a. Uh, uh, I don't want to say it lost its touch, but you know, shows like that that have been on the air for over thirty years, the writers come, the writers go, so the style changes, and it's like Saturday Night Live, in my opinion, at this point, where with it depends on the writers and the characters involved. Like with The Simpsons, you know what characters are involved, so it's more so the writers. But like with Saturday Night Live, your cast, your writers, all of that, it goes through ups and downs. So The Simpsons, for me. Have gone through some ups and downs, but but really saw all of its heights when they first came on for about that first decade of television. They were just, you couldn't touch The Simpsons. So it is still weird that I got to go to Disney for all that stuff. But hey, that's the world we live in. And that's what happens when Disney purchases 20th Century Fox and turns it into Fox Studios. Uh, Henry Winkler in the news. He's done some spring cleaning during the pandemic, it appears. And realize that he's pretty much a hoarder, uh, not piles of newspapers in the hallways. But he keeps stuff from his acting career. And in fact, now he's getting rid of some of it in an auction. So if you ever wanted to own something of Henry Winkler's, well, the biggest item on the block is, of course, an original leather jacket he wore as Fonzie on Happy Days that will even come with an original pair of jeans, a white t-shirt, biker boots, the whole ensemble is valued at $50,000 to $70,000. But the thing that I'm more interested in that he's selling uh, is in the bunch of other stuff category. And one of those things includes an original mask from the Scream movie where he played the high school principal. And they say that that one's worth an estimated $20,000 to $30,000. So yeah, if you, got, if you just got like $30,000 hanging around, you can own one of the original Scream masks courtesy of Henry Winkler, but I don't have $30,000 laying around, so I'm depending on one of you out there to buy this. Chad. Uh, Health 2 almost was a thing. Will Ferrell turned down the opportunity to do an Elf sequel, even though he was going to be paid $29 million, and he turned it down because of the script way too similar, similar to the original. Will was doing a recent interview and he said that he would have had to promote the movie from an honest place, which would have been like, oh, no, it's not good. I just couldn't turn down that much money. And he thought, can I actually say those words, which he went on to say he couldn't, which is why the movie was never made, which, yeah, that's a lot of my issue with sequels a lot of the times is is retreading things. I'm going to circle back to my hate of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. One of my biggest complaints on that movie, I have many complaints on that movie that I, I seem to share with you every week, but another one of those big complaints I had, they just redid Owen's relationship. They redid the Owen and Claire thing all over again, 
all they did was flip their personalities at that point. If you remember Jurassic World, the first one, we knew Owen and Claire had a relationship. Something went on there. They had their thing. But Owen was like, these are animals. You should care about them. And Claire was like, mm, they're property. Who cares? Movie ends. They kiss. Go on to live happily ever after. Eh-eh. Not until the second one where you find out that they're not together again. So now they've tried dating twice and have fallen out of favor twice. And in fact, this time, Chris Pratt's Owen is more of the one like, eh, they, they don't matter, these things. And she's like, but they're animals. And then we go through their whole wacky adventure of them rekindling their relationship, falling back in love, and the movie ends with them back in the place where they were at the first movie, but we went through all the same stages to get back to the same place. So that is always my issue with a lot of sequels, is that they don't do the thing that I give... Here's, here's a great example of where sequels succeed. Bill and Ted introduced you to the princesses in the first film. And yes, it was never the same actresses in each movie. But you never had Bill and Ted not with the princesses. Through all three films, they meet them in the first one. They propose to them in the second one. And they are married to them and have kids in the third one. What sequels do you normally see that in? Nope. Usually, the typical move would have been Bill and Ted are no longer with the princesses. And now we got to find either have them try and rekindle the romance with the princesses or just find new love interest altogether. So that's kind of my worry here is I feel like Elf 2 would have been one of those where we were like, and they lived happily ever after until Zoe became too expensive to bring back in because we spent all our money on Will Ferrell. And now we have to find him a new love interest. But he had a kid with her, so now he's a single elf dad. Like, all of those things usually go into sequels. Uh, and I actually think the idea of... But I do find it a little funny. Here, Here's where I find it a little funny, is that Will Ferrell was like, yeah, I don't want to do a script that's too similar to the original. Fast forward to Anchorman 2, which was very much doing a lot of the same crap over again. You had the Paul Rudd, ridiculous, 100% of the time, 60% of the time it works all the time, crap. You had the same fight. You just added, you know, instead of the local news, it became ESPN and History Channel and all of this and all of that, where you could start picking that apart as well with the time frame that they set Anchorman 2 in. ESPN wasn't a thing yet. History Channel wasn't a thing. We can go on and on about those channels. We're not being a thing. But... They took the same jokes and just expanded on the jokes. So they did the same thing. So that's, I think it's funny that he turned down Elf 2 because of the money. But then when you think about it, essentially a money grab was what Anchorman 2 ended up being a lot of. And that's not the rip Anchorman. There were some funny things. I still make the quote of who thought you, who knew you couldn't smoke crack on live television. Like that one still cracks me up to this day. But overall, it's. A lot of the same stuff, just amped up the way a sequel usually does. Uh, some other news, PDA now stands for Pete Davidson Affection, in my eyes, because Kim Kardashian, yeah, we're talking to Kardashian for a moment, and Pete Davidson were seen holding hands over the weekend on a roller coaster at Knott's Scary Farm. Apparently, though, according to some friends, they are just friends, and a friend did say that they hang out in the same circles. So they will be together from time to time. It's just friends hanging out. But where I want to point out is that 
Pete and Kim were with Courtney and Travis Barker at Knott's Scary Farm. Courtney and Travis Barker just recently got engaged, so while you might say they run in the same circles, it does appear more so like a double date where you got an engaged couple and then you got the sister of that engaged couple with a friend in Pete Davidson who's been very known for his romantic outings with women way out of his league and older than him, younger than him, all of that good stuff. I mean, oh, this is the guy that was with engaged to Ariana Grande, was linked to Kate Beckinsale, was linked to Garber. Oh, just uh, the, the list goes on and on about who Pete's been with. And yeah, so I, I and now he's spotted with Kim Kardashian and they're holding hands and all this. And yes, you know, I'm sure you could argue that Roller coasters are scary. You grab somebody's hand sometimes. But I would also argue that I have seen fear. And I know what else happens on a roller coaster between a man and a woman. So, yeah, we'll leave it at that. But PDA now stands for Pete Davidson Affection. And you can use that one wherever you are. Uh, big news as well this week. Uh, I wasn't sure if I wanted to talk about it, but I'm, I'm going to bring it up. Ice Cube left nearly eight figures on the table all because he didn't want to get vaccinated against COVID-19. So he was going to be in a comedy with Jack Black called Oh Hell No that was going to start filming this winter in Hawaii, but producers mandated everyone get vaccinated. That's when Ice apparently told them Oh Hell No and walked away, even though he was going to be paid $9 million for this film. It is a little surprising, though, because... Ice has very much been somebody out there since the pandemic began where he was selling uh, pandemic shirts, check yourself before you wreck yourself, the photo of him while wearing a mask, and he used the money from those shirts for healthcare workers, so selling those shirts was raising money for healthcare workers, and not too, not too long ago, just a few months ago, he donated a bunch of masks to the college, to a college in Oklahoma, so it's... I didn't really want to bring this up because it is kind of one of those stories where I try not to be political on this show because trust me, I could 100% come on, it could have come on this show today, uh, a Wednesday after an election day, and just gone off on politics. But I chose not to. So I was a little worried about bringing this up because this obviously raises more of a political question. But Ice Cube has decided that $9 million is not worth the COVID-19 vaccination. That's his choice. But he doesn't seem like one of these people that doesn't believe COVID exists. So it it is a little bit of a head scratcher there. Uh, Some other somewhat touchy news of the week as well. I guess we could call this part block of the entertainment, the controversy part. The Lightyear trailer is out. And in the Lightyear trailer, we hear Chris Evans voicing Buzz Lightyear which has now caused cancel culture people to be scared, thinking that Disney has dumped Tim Allen as Buzz Lightyear because he holds some more conservative political viewpoints. Uh, But no, that's not the case. Disney did not dump Tim Allen as Buzz Lightyear. They, in fact, had to come out and make make a statement this past week now uh, where they said Tim is still the voice of the toy version of Buzz, or if you like the original Buzz, Tim still works with Disney on projects that involve that version, but since the new movie Lightyear is about the real quote-unquote buzz and not the toy, they felt they needed a fresh voice, 
which is why they chose Chris Evans. End of story, which I did not realize this was going to turn into a thing because I thought Disney cleared that up when they made the announcement for Lightyear. Which, by the way, the Lightyear trailer, I saw everybody kind of losing their mind over it. All right. It it looked like a typical Pixar film to me. It looked like a Pixar movie to me. Nothing to really lose our minds over. There was nothing about that trailer that screamed out to me that this was going to be any different than any other Pixar film. That's not to bash it. That's not to say it's going to suck because I love Pixar films. But the love that the trailer was getting, I found very interesting. And I don't even want to call it a trailer. The love that that teaser was getting, I I, I really didn't understand it because it didn't seem like it was that exciting of, of a movie. Like, it looked cool. That's about it. But yeah, I thought Disney had cleared this up back when they first cast Chris Evans for the role where, because people were like, well, what about Tim Allen? And they were like, and I thought Disney said, we're doing an origin story on the real person named Buzz Lightyear that inspired the character toy Buzz Lightyear, which is what Tim Allen voices. And this is a real person, which is why we got Chris. But here we are again, still answering for it because cancel culture was afraid Tim Allen was out. Uh, And finally, the last bit of news I have this week, the Boondock Saints came out back in 1999, took 10 years, but we finally got Boondock Saints 2 in 2009. And it seems like they're sticking to that one per decade schedule because Boondocks Saints 3 is finally in the works. And Norman Reedus and Sean Patrick Flannery are coming back along with director Troy Duffy. And they've also indicated this might not be the last installment either because the plan is to kick off a, quote, John Wick-type global action franchise to which I don't care. I mean, the Boondock Saints, do not get me wrong, back in 1991, or 1991, 1999, when that first film came out, the introduction to Norman Reedus, Sean Patrick Flannery as well being uh, just badass, That movie rocked. That movie is awesome. That movie is a classic, and and for every right reason, it is a classic. And it is an incredible movie, the first Boondock Saints. Now we fast forward to 2009, where I was super excited for Boondock Saints 2 to come out. And I remember being 100% disappointed by that movie. And I do remember the ending set up where there was room for a third film and and it seemed like they were setting up for a third film. But I remember Boondock Saints 2 failed massively in theaters. Like, to the cult following the first film has, they thought it would make money and it. I remember it losing money. So when I saw that ending, I was like, yeah, this it's never going to happen. But here we are, a decade later again, and I guess they want to move forward finally with the third film. It makes a little bit of sense because of Norman Reedus and, and listen, Reedus' schedule is actually about to clear up. I know The Walking Dead getting ready to wrap up uh, the, the season 11, which is technically the final season of the main show. And there's going to be the Daryl spinoff show with Carol and all that stuff. So Reedus will still be doing Walking Dead stuff. But he's not going to be as as busy probably as as he has been with this main show thing, because I, I, 
can't imagine this spinoff really lasting that long, to be truthfully truthfully honest. I, I love The Walking Dead. I love Daryl. I I love Carol, but so far there's nothing about knowing that those two are doing a spinoff that has me like, yeah, baby, let's go. Um, But yeah, here we go. Boondock Saints 3 is finally in the works, and... And the idea that they want to kick it off into a John Wick-type global action franchise also kind of weirdly bothers me because they could have been that John Wick action franchise before John Wick existed, but now we have John Wick, and John Wick is better than the Boondock Saints. Don't at me, or you can at me. That's fine because I'm making it known. Love that first film. Do not care for Boondock Saints 2, but John Wick 1, 2, and 3... I've loved all those chapters, and I'm ready for chapter four. But Boondock Saints 3, not truly feeling or in the mood for or all that excited for it. But I guess I also can't fully hate because I know they have me by the balls, and and chances are I will see Boondock Saints 3 whenever they drop that movie. So there you have it. Some news and notes. Also found out the hottest toy of the year, so you can definitely... Go ahead and not get your kids the gotta go turtle for Christmas. Uh, but yeah, that, that'll do it for the Mr. Wonderful Show. Thank you all for hanging out. Remember, hit the click button and subscribe wherever you listen. Leave a review as well and share this show with your friends if you like what's going on. Until next time, peace and love. <laughs>